welcome to the podcast of the River of Portland Church. I'm glad you joined us today. It seems like it's been forever since we've gotten together. I know it's been at least a few weeks. We've got a sermon being brought to us by Pastor Mays today. It was titled, The Probability of the Impossibility. Uh, it's a great message. If you were with us last week here, we had our homecoming weekend. It had a great turnout of people. I had a wonderful time with the Lord and uh, good fellowship and food afterwards. I want to thank all of you for coming out and being a part of that. And, you know, come and join us anytime. We'd love to have you. We, uh, we're a church that's all about love. Uh, God is love is what the Bible tells us, and we like to, to live that and walk that out in all, all things that we do. We do it uh, unto the Lord, and we'd love to have you come join us here and see what it's all about. But uh, Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock is our Sunday school, and then 11 o'clock, 11 o'clock is our main service. But I've got several messages to be putting out here in the next couple of days, so uh, again, glad you joined us. I know you're going to be blessed by the message, so sit back, relax, and Uh, Let the Holy Spirit talk to you. So have a great and wonderful day, and we'll talk to you again soon. Enjoy. God bless. You know, if the church don't praise him, the devil's not. And, you know, they had a good time at the bar last night. So we might as well have a good time in church, right? Because we got something to shout about. Anyway, this morning, I... Riding down the road the other day, and I got this message. So it'll be for somebody here this morning. The probability of the impossibility. Anybody got something you see in your life that you feel like is impossible? Well, they got two people. There's a lot of people that got things that you're looking at, and the natural to you seems impossible. But we know that with God, all things are possible. Now, I looked this word up because I'm not a real sharp guy, you know, I'm not real smart. So I looked up what probability meant. The probability is the extent to which something is probable. The likelihood of something happening. That's what probable is. So... The, the probability of the impossibility is it probably is going to happen with God. Because with God, all things are possible. Now, if you turn your Bibles over in the 19th chapter of Matthew, and we'll start right there. The Bible says in uh, the 19th chapter of Matthew, verse 23, Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly I say to you that it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said to them, With man this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the next few moments of time. You make my tongue the ready writer speaking the oracles of God. That it not be a person leave this church today that will not be touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. We give you the praise and glory and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Now, Jesus used this as a metaphor talking about the eye of the needle and a camel. And... If you study this out, in the old days, 
the cities had walls around them, and at night they closed everything up, and the only opening to get into the city was through what they called the eye of the needle. It was a little opening uh, into the gate, the wall of the city, was called the eye. Now, Jesus is talking about this, uh, and he uses this metaphor about how riches keeps people out of the kingdom of God in heaven. But he said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle. Well, how did the camel go through the eye of the needle? I've done a little research on this, and I found out that what they do for a camel to go through the eye of the needle, number one, they had to unload everything off of the camel. So everything that he is carrying had to be unloaded. He had to strip down to nothing on it. And the second thing, to get through the eye of the needle, he had to get down on his knees. So for Jesus is saying, for us to get into the kingdom of heaven, when we get into where riches... I'm sorry, I stepped on your foot, sir. That will teach you, do not take your shoes off in church. So, and, but Jesus was, was saying, it, it's easier... For a camel to go through the eye of the needle than a rich man because a rich man keeps his possession and he wants to keep them. I saw something the other day and someone was telling me this. Uh, I was talking about a guy that's very rich. And I asked this question. Why would a guy want more? I mean, like if you've got millions and millions, why do you want more? They want more. A rich man wants more. He's never satisfied. I had a situation years ago when I built... Brother uh, Fairweather, a home in Jamaica, and we were raising funds to uh, go to build that house for him in Jamaica. And so uh, someone told Brother Stoney there's a guy in Hendersonville that's got an office, and he has a business in Brentwood. This guy employed 400 people, so he had a big business, and he was very rich. And so this guy had told us, said, y'all need to go down and talk to this guy. He helps missionaries and stuff through uh, uh, missions and stuff. And so we go down to this guy's office. We make an appointment to go see this guy. And we go in to this guy's office. And so we're telling him, I've got a set of plans. And we're trying to raise money to build this missionary a home. And so we're talking. And finally this guy said, look. A missionary don't need a nice house. You're building too good a house for him. And so he wouldn't give us any money. You know what happened? We got the house built just like we had it drawn out on a set of plans. And we had uh, uh, people that gave and other people uh, that, that gave a lot of money. But you know what happened? In six months, he was dead. In six months, he was dead. He, he, he got cancer, and, and the guy that worked for him told us, said he went all over the world looking for a cure. The cure was for him to give some of what he had to help the kingdom of God. That was his cure. So Jesus is talking about this. He said, you know, we got all, we got all of this stuff. We got all this stuff we want. It's, it, 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 if we can't get rid of it, we got to get rid of the stuff. If you can't, if you can't get to God, 
and get rid of your material thing. And I'm not talking about giving away. I mean, that's probably a good message to take up an offering. Just everybody empty your pockets today before we leave here. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about things that keep us away from God. You can't get God until God gets you. It's like the old song, we're looking for love in all the wrong places. But you can't get God until God gets you. And so we, we turn now, and I want to start in Genesis, the 12th chapter, talking about the probability of the impossibility. And so if you turn over to the Genesis 12th chapter, it's an interesting story about Abraham. And the Bible says in Genesis 12, 1, now the Lord said to Abram, he hadn't changed his name yet. Now I want you to say, in Genesis 12, 1, Abraham was 75 years old. Now I'm gonna, I just go ahead, since we're adults here, I just go ahead and tell you, it's not a whole lot of 75 year old worrying about doing hanky panky. Well, maybe they are. I don't know. I mean, when you know, when you get to seventy-five, you know, you ain't thinking about stuff like that. You're thinking about Social Security and 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 all this other kind of stuff, you know. But Abraham is seventy-five years old, and God talks to him. He said, "Here's what I want you to do." He said, I want you to get out of your country from your family to your father's house. Number one, to get the blessings of God, he had to get away from his, his stinking family. And he said, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. And then you go on and, and see that. Now, I want to show something in, in, in this passage of Scripture here. Abraham was a man who listened to God. He was a man who heard God and listened to God. Now, God told him, I want you to get out of your country. Now, look what he said. I'm just going to hit these right here. In verse 4, the Bible says Abram departed. In verse 5, the, the Bible says Abraham took. And they departed. And they came to the land of Canaan. Verse 6, Abram passed through. Verse 8, and he moved. Verse 9, so he journeyed. And Abram went. Verse 14, Abram came and went to Egypt. Verse 13, I mean chapter 13, verse 1. Then Abraham went up from Egypt with his wife. Now he went on to Ai and to Bethel. Abraham, when he heard God speak, he started moving. He listened to the voice of God. And there's, there's a two things that's important in the life of Abraham. Number one, he was faithful and he listened to God. And number two, he was a tither. Because the Bible says that he paid tithes to Melchizedek, the high priest. So Abraham had two things. He was not one who hoarded his money. But now look what God did for him. He left in Genesis 12 at 75 years old, broke. He left everything and went his family and was broke. Now, he says here in, in, in uh, the 13th chapter, Then Abram went up from Egypt with his wife and all that he had. In verse 3, Abram was very rich, uh, very so in a matter of about five years, he became very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. Now, he's 75 years old. Now, in Genesis, the 16th chapter, we see here, 
God comes and he speaks to Abram. In Genesis, uh, the 16th chapter, verse 1. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had bore him no children. And she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Abraham made one crucial mistake. He listened to his wife. Well, that'd be a good way for somebody to say amen. Because it said here, so Sarah said to Abraham, now look, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go to my maid. And Abraham listened to the voice of Sarah. So now here's Abraham. Now he's 75. Now you know that it was supernatural from God because he's 75 years old. He goes to Hagar and they have a child named Ishmael. And we won't go into that, but God said because he was disobedient and went to Hagar, he said when he came back and he, and he had Isaac, we'll get to that in just a minute, but he said with, with, with Ishmael, he said, I'm going to curse everything he does, but I'm still going to bless him. And he said there's going to be 12 tribes come out of Ishmael. The war that's been fought today in the Middle East is a descendants of Ishmael and the, and, and the things that, that Abraham did. Do you understand that there, that, and, and the Bible says that Ishmael, God said he'll always be a wild man. There'll always be trouble in his camp. Let me tell you something. There's not going to be any peace. They can, they can do all of the things they want to do. They can do all of the, 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 the programs they want to do. There's not going to be any peace in the Middle East until Jesus hits the throne, hits the mountaintop. That's when it'll be peace in the Middle East. There's going to be wars and wars and rumors of wars until Jesus Christ comes back. Now, I've got a different, I'm not even going to go there because I'll make some of you mad. I, I mean, I've got my opinion of what we ought to do. But that don't matter. Now, in Genesis, the 16th chapter, Abram, Abraham, is 86 years old. Now, he's had Ishmael from Hagar. Now he's 86. Isn't it funny? Do you see a pattern here? God is got, He's going to set him up where he has to depend on him. Has to rely on him. Now look what he said here. He's 86 years old. In Genesis the 18th chapter, verse 11, God comes to him again. He's 86. And he said, I will certainly return to you. Sarah, your wife shall have a son. Sarah is listening in the tent. And, and she starts laughing. Well, if you 80-something years old and God says you're going to have a baby, you're probably going to laugh too. <laughs> now, Abram and Sarah was old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbirth. So now we know... That, that, that it's impossible for her to have a baby. 
It's not said she's 86 years old. She can't have a child. But the probability of God getting involved with an impossible situation is going to make it possible. Well, I appreciate the amen. I thought I'd get one or two. Sarah laughed. And the Lord said to Abraham, why would Sarah laugh? Surely, she said, surely I'll bear a child since I'm old. And God said this, is anything too hard for the Lord? At this appointed time, I'm going to return to you, and Sarah is going to have a baby. Now, Sarah is 90 years old. Abraham is 99. But God has spoke a word to him that the probability of the impossibility was going to happen if they would believe God. Now, Abraham is out in the field. He's working. God speaks to... This is not in the Bible. I'm just going to put it in myself, okay? So Abraham is on the backside of the desert. Now, God has done spoke to him they're going to have a baby. Now, you know he ain't thinking about a baby. But he's on the backside of the desert. And so God speaks to Abraham on the backside of the desert and said, Abraham, I want you to go down. There's a creek as you come home tonight. There's a creek. I want you to wash up good and put on that Bon Jovi because Sarah is going to be waiting for you in the tent. Now, what do you think about Abraham? He's saying, "Woo, tonight's the night. Man, I'm going to tell you something. He hadn't had a night tonight in a long time. So now he's getting ready to have a, tonight is the night. So he's excited. So he's put on the Bon Jovi. And so Sarah's in the tent. God's done talk to Sarah. You might as well get ready, honey, because he's coming. Sarah puts on her Mary Kay, and she does her hair all real pretty and everything. And so she's sitting in the tent. Here comes Abraham. He comes to the tent door, and he peeks in. He wants to see what she looks like. And then he looks in the tent, and he sees Sarah. And he says, Whoa, man. I mean, buddy, I mean, she looks good. I'm going to tell you something. You want, I, I, I've been around a long time. Powder and paint will help anything. <laughs> I should have got a lot of amens on that deal right there. Years ago, I'll tell you, can I tell you a little story? I lived across the street from this girl, and she went to church with us. And so, man, I tell you, she looked good. You know, I'm about, I don't know, 40 years old. She's like about 35 or something, you know. And, uh, man, she'd come to church. She's like a fox. And, man, she had on high heels, I mean, dressed nice and everything. Of course, I had a fox. I wasn't looking for a fox, but I had a fox. But she looked good. And so I thought, man, she is really a pretty woman. She lived across the street from us. Well, they had a horse. Well, the horse got out one morning and came over to my place. So I said, well, I'm going to take the horse back to her house. 
It's about 8 o'clock in the morning. I take the horse back to the house. I put the horse in the pen. I go up and knock on the door to tell, uh, I say, I'm going to tell Paula, I put your horse back. I go to knock on the door, and she opens the door. I, oh, my God. I mean, I, I mean, man, she didn't have no makeup on. I thought, Lord, have mercy. I thought I'd done knocked on the wrong door. So I know that makeup and everything is good for everybody. And Sarah knew that too. So she enticed Abraham and they had a baby, Isaac. And so God took that situation and made an impossible situation probable because of the faithfulness of Abraham. Now, when God gets involved in your situation, things will change. Now, I know you're going to ask me how do we get God involved. I'm glad you asked me. Turn back to Matthew. In the 13th chapter, the Bible says when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea, uh, uh, Philippi, he asked his disciples, I always thought about this because look what he said. He asked the disciples, who do men say that I? Then he tells them who he is. He said, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, one the prophet. He said, and this is the most important thing, it doesn't make any difference who I say he is. He said here, but who do you say that I am? See, it doesn't make any difference if I say that I know He's the Lord of Lord and King of King, but you got to know Him personally for yourself. I can't know Him for you. Now, how do we get to know Him? I'm going to give you one key to knowing Jesus. Fellowship. Now, when I first... Uh, and I know this day and time, these young people, you know, I've done past all this, so I understand that. But I notice these young people now, they don't communicate. It's all text. They don't, they don't pick up the phone and talk to one another. See, the, I can tell how you're feeling if I talk to you. I, I can tell. And, and I see these young people, some of them, and they're texting. See, here's the thing about it. I, 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 people could be on a text and say, do you love me? Say, yeah, I love you. I mean, you know, I mean, they might have all kind of frown on, but they write anything on a text. But when you walk up to somebody, and so I'm going to ask you a question. Now, this is your first time here, so I'm not going to embarrass you. But if, um, is that okay? Okay. But if I walk up to you and I know you and I'm talking to you, I can see how you feel, right? Now, I know this morning you're new in here and you think I'm a nut. So, a little bit, right? Well, you're, you're, you're truthful, see? I know that you know that, I, that you think I'm a nut. But that's okay. I am a nut. I happen to be screwed on to the right bolt. That's Jesus. But, you know, they use these texts and you don't really know how they feel, see? 
But if you get on the telephone, now, back when my little bride and I, I got out of the military, we didn't have cell phones. How many of you young people here, I want to see your hand, how many of you young people here know what a phone booth is? I mean, you know what one is? You've ever seen one? I bet you've never seen one, right? A phone booth? Well, we had phone booths because we didn't have cell phones. And so we had phone booths. Now, it was wintertime. I met my wife uh, uh, on her birthday, October 8th. Well, she was going with my cousin, and October 9th I called her. And so, but it, it was wintertime. It was cold. And we didn't have a telephone, so I would go down to the country store about a mile from our house. Becky was sitting in her house with a telephone. I would go down to the phone booth. Y'all ain't never done this. But if you love someone and you want someone, you will do things that, that will blow your mind. I would sit down there on the, on the pay phone, and it'd be at night. It'd be like three hours. We're on the telephone. I don't even know what we talked about. But she must have liked it because we, I mean, it'd be, and I'd be down there shaking. <laughs> I hope, I, I hope I can come see you tomorrow or, or uh, I really love you and you're so pretty and da, 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 and all this kind of stuff. And so how did I get, I fellowship with her and got in communication with her. And so then by fellowshipping, we grew closer together. So to have the Lord in your life, you've got to have fellowship with Him. And how do you fellowship with Him? You come to where He fellowships. He don't fellowship at the bar. You can have fellowship, you can have fellowship in your bedroom. But He said now, He, he, he told Peter, He said, now look, Blessed are you, because he said, you're the, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now look what he said to Peter. Because you know me, and because you fellowship with me, here's what I'm going to do for you. And he said in verse 19, And I'll give you the keys to the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. So then by fellowshipping with him, I get his attributes. I get acting like him. The more you, do you know the more that you stay around somebody, the, the more you'll act like them? Now, I probably don't embarrass that young man today, so, you know, I'm going to have to really pray to him come back. <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I'm going to tell you that. What is your name? Timmy? Oh, wait, wait, I mean. I'm sorry. What was your name? Tammy? Camden. Camden. I'm sorry. I didn't I mean to be embarrassed. Um, but it's like, see, uh, if he stayed around here, if you brought him enough, he might act like me. <laughs> then that'd be one day you say, look what the Lord has done. <laughs> but... 
I'll give you, a, I'll tell you something about fellowship here. This guy here come five years ago. This guy right here come five years ago. I want you to look at him. Stand up. He come five years ago. He left the first service that he was here and said, I would, I'm never coming back. This guy is a nut. Right. Is that what you said? Exactly what I said. Yes, now he's been around here five years and he's still, he's acting like a nut. So if you stay long enough, you'll act like, like one of us. But he said down, the probability of your impossibility lies on believing God. And God will work every situation out for you. Let's stand. Hope you got something out of this. And didn't mean to embarrass you, Cameron. You're a good-looking guy. And But okay, have fun, right? I mean, I'd rather go to church where it's loose and have fun than come in and we're going to stay one hour and we're going to hear this, this, and this, and this, and we're going to go and nobody even says anything to you. Now, I want everybody here today, got a young couple right there all the way from Pleasant Shade, Tennessee. Raise your hand. I got uh, Camden and his girlfriend and these young ladies right here. I want everybody to go and say, we're glad you came to church. And I hope to see you next week. Amen. Play me something here, Roy. He's out.